Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast, City Girls Pod. And we are talking about two more episodes of the uh, Carrie Diaries today. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Jax is here. Hey, everybody. Hey, so how are you doing? Doing great, Rachel. I'm so excited that we're doing this show together because I'm like really really into Austin Butler now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think there's a pretty good chance that he could win, uh, the Oscar. I, I yeah. he won the BAFTA. And so just this last week. And so there's a pretty good chance that we could be talking about Carrie diary star Oscar winner. Austin Butler. <laughs> so. It's amazing too. I feel like he's someone who, you know, in this show, it's like all the acting is so good when for a show like this, they could have just skated by with good looking people and have it be kind of cheesy, but no, these actors are actually really doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great cast all yeah. around, uh, across the board. Like there's really not a weak link. I wouldn't say acting wise. No, not at all. This episode, episode 10 is the long and winding road, not taken is what it's called. And we have on her 17th birthday, Carrie is torn between a chance to mingle with New York's literati and spending time with her friends and Sebastian. Dorit lands in a sticky situation. So overall, what do you think about this episode? This episode was really fun to, again, like we're seeing further exploration of all these characters, which is really great. I liked getting to see Dorit kind of get her flirt on a little bit yeah uh, that was a different side of her that I didn't expect to see and it also like we get to see a side of Sebastian where I mean it's actually quite scary because he's really delving into having a little bit of an alcohol problem in this yeah yeah and then that was kind of I felt like sort of dropped in uh in the next episode uh, it's, so I wonder if they're really going to do something with that or if, if, uh, it'll just be this, this episode. Yeah. It was scary to watch him throw all those back mm -hmm. and he's just so devastated because his, his family, he does not have a, a family unit that he can rely on. No. Yeah. His, his mom is a mess, uh, particularly in the next episode. Uh, and, but yeah, he gets drunk at this party, um, uh, and, uh, these parties, these New York parties, like they evidently have like no supervision of any kind and like teenagers can just come in and out. <laughs> she's turning 17 and she's at this <laughs> wild party. Yeah. I mean, you think that the dad would be kind of more careful at this point after what has already happened, uh, for her going to these kind of parties. Yeah. It's like once Carrie gets to the city, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the big gift from the dad is that he's going to give Carrie a credit card. And yeah, that's certainly nothing that my, my parents ever did. No, uh, I mean, every once in a while we would get, you know, like money to go out to the movies or you know something like that but pretty much we had to earn it like we had to work or do something to to get any to get an allowance or spending cash uh, yeah I didn't get a credit card until actually um after I graduated grad school and I will say that was a mistake the way that I uh used my credit card I used it for a lot of 
weddings and bachelorette parties. And I definitely went in the hole yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't have my own credit card or bank account until I went away to college. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, you know, I still had a job in college for like spending money and things like that. I worked in the, um, uh, in the, at the dorms, I worked in the salad, uh, salad bar. <laughs> at the dorms. How often did you work? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I work like three days a week, something yes. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and we made all, I still, to this day, like I know how to make a fruit plate because of that job. I, I learned how to make this special dip with ginger in it. And, and, uh, I can, I can cut down a pineapple very quickly because <laughs> we made these like fruit trays and vegetable trays. And yeah, I learned how to make jello. I never had jello before or not. Like my, my, my mom would make jello if we were sick but she yeah. didn't like, my mom didn't really like a lot of those sort of, uh, Americana kind of foods, uh, that she'd grown up on. Like we didn't have roasts that often. We didn't have, which was my grandma made every Sunday, her mom. Uh, and I know she, she liked more sort of exotic foods and trying to, she loved, she loves looking at like recipes and, and trying different cultures and stuff. And, um, and so, yeah, we never had things like wonder bread or, or, um, it wasn't until my, uh, my mission that I tried a lot of those kinds of, of foods in Indiana, of course. And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I learned how to make jello. <laughs> you must've been like, oh, all these wonderful foods. Yeah. They're, it was really good. they're great. Yeah. And, uh, we also didn't have uh, cereal very often, uh, at my house because, uh, it was just real expensive for, with six kids, you know, to have because cereal can add up, uh, in, yeah. in cost. And so when I went away to school and they, uh, the dorm had like a whole wall of cereal that you could. <laughs> the, yes. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> You're like just solely existing on cereal at that yeah. point. You're like I just got to try them all. Yeah. And we had, we had spaghetti all the time. My, my friend Kay would, Kind of joke that every time she was at our house and she was my one of my best friends uh she's like you always have pasta pasta of some kind uh because i mean it makes sense because it's very cheap it's yummy and uh easy to make yeah it's so filling yeah so we can have pasta and sauce a lot uh but uh but anyway uh they the i can't even remember why i started talking about all that but yeah You're i worked at the carry had a Credit oh, they carry out a credit card, <laughs> but no, yeah, it wasn't until I was in college that I had a, had a credit card. <laughs> I'm sort of shocked that her dad gave her one. Yeah. And he was like, Hey, go out, treat your friends and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay, dad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, he did say that there's a limit, but it sounded like Cause you figure it, it, all her friends at the diner is probably a hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, between all of them, at least, at least $60. I guess yeah. in the eighties, I don't know yeah. what they were charging for fries. <laughs> and so we have this uh, new, uh, student, I guess, I don't know, visitor Stacy Ling coming in and there's sort of a battle over her between um, Mouse and uh, Wes. 
and what do you think of this rivalry between West and Mouse? Okay, so I'm loving it. I like the banter that they have. I think they're both like really fun characters. What I was curious, I wanted to ask you, Rachel, is is Stacy into West like she wants to date him, or she just thinks he should go to Harvard, or he's popular and she's trying to impress him? Probably some of all of it. I think she's probably, I mean, he's an attractive young man, so probably. And uh and definitely uh trying to uh impress him, I think, one way or another. Yeah, you can definitely see that. And uh and then with uh that he said she says that mouse needs a hook. Uh that and so she says that uh and then uh, Mouse says to her, we may be a dime a dozen, but we're still awesome as far as being the Asian genius. <laughs> and Mouse ends up getting a job as a team manager for the basketball team. Yeah, this is fun to watch Mouse try and whip the guys into shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Carrie trying to learn to drive stick. Uh, have you ever, have you, oh wait, you don't have a driver's license, right? No, I don't have a driver's license and didn't learn how to drive stick even when I had my permit. How about you? I I have, it's been a long time, but I did do some of my training was in manual, uh, in driver's ed. And I have, I have driven it before. The hardest part about driving stick is, is getting started. Once you, once you're started, then it's easier to you know just go between the different uh different gears but uh but yeah that it's it's tricky to get it started and but um uh i had some a pretty crazy when i was in high school uh i my best friend married her high school sweetheart and uh and so she was like 20 i guess at the time and uh, everybody kind of knew that i could be the designated driver when i was in high school and yeah. Uh, so at my, my friend's wedding, everybody just planned on the fact that I was going to be the designated driver. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And, uh, we went, you know, through the whole evening and then we got done and realized that the car was a uh, manual. <laughs> just like, just oh, like, oh my gosh. And, uh, and so I just said a prayer and I was like, please help me to drive this car. And because I'm like, I'm not letting any of these people drive this car. Yeah, they're worse off than you even with, with sick. Yeah. And, and, you know, now you could just call an Uber and it would be fine. But, uh, but I made it through and I (laughs) drove everybody home. Uh, It was a miracle. (laughs) It's so scary. I think I might have said it on here one time, but I, I cupped like twice in college. I was the DD, even as someone who didn't have a license, but I didn't drink that much in college. So, I mean, I, I was never, I never drank when I was the two times I drove, but yeah. it was one of those things where it was like, okay, my friend's really drunk and we didn't really have Uber in that town or yeah. all. So it was that thing of like, okay, do we, do I just do it? And, but yeah, it's so scary when you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is that Carrie I don't think it would be as quite as jerky as they show on the things. Cause once, once you get started, it's really not that hard. It's, it's, it's the getting started that makes it hard. That's the part that would be jerky. Not the, like, while she's driving. <laughs> it's so funny. It was but it funny. Was funny. It was funny. 
Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. And, uh, and so there's some awkward situations that can happen when you're a teenager. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Um, and uh, Carrie takes Walt to the interview party. And what do you think about this plot with Walt? Uh, he, he tells Maggie that uh, they can, they're just friends. Um, he has this whole conversation with Bennett. Uh, what do you think? So I like that Walt, even though he's not quite ready to come out to Maggie or even to himself in some ways, he is being honest with her about just wanting to be friends. The plot with Bennett is interesting because if he's going to be sort of like an older mentor who's been through it and be a friend, I love that. I really hope there's not a romantic thing there because he's just too old for Walt at this point that Walt is in high school, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. in five, six, seven years, but right now it doesn't feel appropriate. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think that that's where it's going. It feels like that's where it's going. So um, (laughs) in this show, you know, almost everybody uh, in the show has relationship with an older person. So it's a little bit of a weird thing about it. Uh, So I guess it makes sense within the world of the show, but I agree. I would prefer it to be more of a um, a mentor kind of relationship. And you know what? For a second, Rachel, I actually thought it was going that way when Bennett was like, hey, if I knew you were in high school, I never would have tried to kiss you, that kind of thing. But then to your point, when Bennett goes off with someone else and Walt's upset, I'm like, oh, it is going in that other direction. And I don't know how it's going to all pan out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So we also have Dorit. She's going to the record store to get a gift for Carrie. And she's going to, she's going to be getting her uh, Genesis. I think it was, was the album. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem like Carrie to me. No. (laughs) Um, and then Carrie once which is kind of funny yeah and so then she shoplifts some cassette tapes but she does a terrible job at it (laughs) I mean there's like sticking out from her pocket you can see them it's so obvious and that that cute guy is watching her every move yeah yeah and so then he puts her in the closet yeah and uh, he she thinks he's calling the police she's very upset uh and uh, she she uh, tells him that she only wants to go to college to get away from my family. Uh, she doesn't 
she's you know this bitter angsty teen as we've seen yeah. uh but uh but what do you think of uh, the uh, cassette uh, cassette tape guy that's what i, I called him. thought he was really charming and i loved how we had the banter with her of like here's how you steal and when he's like <laughs> oh your eyes are so obvious but they're really pretty too i was like okay i like this for dorit i i mean assuming that he's age appropriate which i think he is i hope he is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and he says have you been kissed before and she says no and and i think he even says would you like me to be the first or something like that and uh, so then they have a kiss and uh, that was, that was pretty good, pretty cute. Uh, and then you have her making Carrie a mixtape, which is so cute with all of their mom's favorite songs. This was one of those, I'm telling you, Rachel, when they had these sister moments where they're remembering their mom, it always gets me. I just think it, it gives the show so much heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was really sweet. And I remember having so much fun making the mixtapes. There were times where I would record the songs off the radio. <laughs> I would wait until it played it. on the radio and then I would record it and then put it as part of the mixtape. <laughs> this generation doesn't know what we went through just to get music. Yeah, they don't know what it's like to wait and wait and wait and wait no. and wait for a song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I remember um, particularly the uh, Whitney Houston uh, Songs for Africa or whatever concert that she did it was live in, Af- in Africa. And I remember staying up late because it was, you know, in Africa or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and listen, and, and cause I wanted to listen to it live. <laughs> She's so good. Oh, she was such a legend. Yeah, I know. I was so sad. Uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the the whole mixtape thing and then mix CDs after that or just was just really fun. Yeah, yeah. It I love that we got to see Carrie be celebrated in this episode and also, you know, seeing her in her element where she's at this party and she's trying to mm-hmm. get this deal happening. But then Sebastian comes in and she has to contend with being a teenager and also trying to have this career. Yeah, there's this publisher. She's trying to impress the publisher, and uh, I I don't know. It it feels like it wouldn't be that easy, you know, to impress the publisher like that they show. But uh, but it was it was fun, and it and it showed this kind of two worlds battling for Carrie and her attention. What I sort of hated was that as soon as Sebastian comes in, the publisher's like, "Oh, it looks like you have other stuff going on." Which made me think that he was also trying to hit on her, which made mm. me feel gross. Because if he wasn't hitting on her, he'd be like, oh, who is this? And he'd still be trying to like impress her and get her to like be his wonder kid. Yeah. I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't, that didn't sit right with me. Yeah. I wondered about that too. Cause it doesn't seem like it's the kind of, she's the kind of thing that a publisher would be interested in her journal. What? (laughs) So yeah, I got those vibes too. And so I guess it was good this passion came and interrupted everything. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Uh so let's see, anything else in this episode? I think oh, I think also. Oh wait, no, is that the next episode where Walt and Carrie kind of have a heart to heart? That's in the next one. Uh, but you have 
you know, Walt and Maggie talking in this one uh, and, and him saying, you weren't feeling loved by me. And, uh, and so it wasn't all your fault uh, that it didn't work out. Yeah, it was nice to see them sort of have a reckoning of not putting all that blame on Maggie and just that, you know, they're not a good fit and they both sort of made mistakes along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know very many people that have these like intense relationships in high school. Even my friend who married her high school sweetheart, I don't know, like it wasn't like as intense as they always show in these shows, you know, that it's like, it still was more sort of light and fun (laughs) dating in high school. It shouldn't be like this intense experience. There is, there is this intensity that you see in like a lot of these shows. And I also didn't have that experience in high school, but I can imagine that like with your hormones raging and you're trying to figure out just how to be a human, that there uh-huh. could be a lot of emotion, but I think that it's a lot more ups and downs that we see like in yeah. Carrie Diaries. Yeah. The other day at the library, there was a sign that said, uh, for teens, it was like, teens, are you down on love? <laughs> Come to our anti Valentine's day party or whatever it was. And I'm like, what is happening here that we have teenagers already bitter about yeah. love? Yeah. How are you bitter as a teen about love? <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Um, we also have Donna. She really wants this bag, uh, coach bag, and they have it at interview and Carrie gives Donna the bag. So that was very sweet. I will say, usually I don't get caught up and being like, oh, this bag looks awesome, but that bag looked awesome. It's nice and big. Yeah. That was the nice thing about it. How big it was. Yeah. It didn't seem like this, like really, it seemed like a person was actually functional. I was like, I Mm -hmm. want that. Yeah. Yeah. But it seemed like it had all of Carrie's stuff in it when she gave it to her. I was like, don't you have to get your stuff out of the purse? (laughs) I thought it was funny too. Donna's comedic timing we're getting to really see it in these, in some of these newer episodes. And I love how she was saying like, oh, Carrie, you know, you owe me that bag because I gave you Sebastian. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's a good character. Like they, yeah. they, she's a pretty well-rounded mean girl. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And in the beginning, I did not think we were going to get to see that. Yeah. Me either. Me either. So what would you give this episode one to 10? I liked this one. I would give this one an eight. Yeah, I think that that's good. I agree. Okay, have episode 11, Identity Crisis. And this is Carrie gets more than she bargained for when Larissa's hijinks catch up with her. Walt must face the feelings he is trying to hide and Sebastian and Maggie agree to keep a secret. So what do you think overall of this one? It was so fun to get to see Carrie pretend to be Larissa I mean, just when she's doing this like fake British accent and all these (laughs) antics around the city, I was totally charmed by this episode. And then there's a very real stuff that's going on with Walt and him dealing with all of his feelings. I thought it was a nice balance between the two. Yeah. Yeah. It it was at first I was kind of like, they wouldn't know who Larissa is like these major fashion houses and stuff, but but when you think about the fact this is 1984, they might not know because now we would have, everybody would be on social media and everyone know what everybody looks like. And, and so it's more believable 
then than it would be now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I had that same thought process. And then it's like, oh, no, things were different than you were just talking to people on the phone. And it was a totally different ballgame that now you could literally Google or like you said, on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so then we also have Mouse making this presentation to the team members and her philosophy is, well, the more competitive that you become, the more, the better players that you'll become, even though they're undefeated. <laughs> Um, and, but she forgets like the importance of teamwork. Um, and then she tries to play off that, oh, this was her plan all along that basically everybody would galvanize against her and then they would become a strong team. I, I find that very difficult to believe. Oh yeah. Baby girl. No, (laughs) that was not your plan all along. Although she did take the info that she got from Donna and run with it, which Mm -hmm. I thought was fun. How Donna, like, definitely pulled the team apart for a few games but then once they united in a con common enemy against her they were able to play well again yeah yeah so that was funny uh and uh, we see that the tension between west and uh and mouse is growing and the romantic tension i think for sure oh, for sure yeah <laughs> he's so cute he's got the cutest smile yeah yeah. And, and then we have, uh, the dad going to meditation class and the woman next to him is, is chomping at the gum, uh, and blowing bubbles and things like that. <laughs> Rachel, that was the woman who played Aiden's new girlfriend in the episode with Heather Graham, where Carrie's like, she keeps giving Carrie the face. Oh, really? That's so funny. (laughs) Um, I was like, oh my gosh, she's in Carrie Diaries too. (laughs) I thought that was really fun. Yeah, that is funny. I didn't realize that. A little Easter egg (laughs) nugget there. And of course, since they hate each other, they end up getting together. (laughs) Yeah. And Maggie and uh, Sebastian see them getting together, making out. just like oh my gosh what do we do that was funny that was a funny moment and it's nice (laughs) to see I always like you were bringing this up in another episode but it's always fun to see these characters that don't necessarily get to interact that much one-on-one yeah and to see Maggie and Sebastian bond over you know wanting your parents not to be together like getting that I think that that was pretty cool yeah, I do. I like when there's unusual combinations uh, that that get to play off each other for an episode. It's fun. And it's kind of we get here with Maggie and Sebastian uh, because Sebastian's mom is, uh, what do they call it? Like a, um, uh, like a cross-generational alliance or something like that, where, where like the, the parent is relying too much uh, on the child, that that's not healthy. Uh, that, you know, she says, oh, you're my rock, you're mine. And then he finally oh. tells her, I, I can't be your rock. I shouldn't be your rock. You're the parent. Yeah. It also was making me think of how even more sorry I felt for Sebastian that he had this relationship with this teacher because right. like, was he looking for a mother figure in that? Not to psychoanalyze him and say that that's what it was, but it just he needs the tender loving care of a mother figure yeah he says all you do is put me in the middle that's not being a family and uh, then sebastian's mom says i'm i'm afraid to be alone and uh, and so 
Yeah. I think that that's definitely like very unhealthy to like put the teenager in as, as the, as your main support system, if you're an adult, again, that's just not healthy. Yeah. Not a good dynamic at all. Mm -mm. Um, and so then we also have, uh, I thought it was funny that Carrie hates coffee. (laughs) She's like, it tastes like jet, jet fuel. Which I, I don't drink coffee. I, I, I didn't grow up drinking coffee. Uh, the, uh, the few times that I've tasted a sip of it. I, so it's one of those things. That's what we were saying about the Cosmo, that it, w- it would have been funnier if she had been kind of, ooh. Because like, uh, I think both coffee and wine are, are flavors that you have to kind of grow accustomed to. Yeah, I thought it was very cute when she's having the cappuccino and she's like, yeah. it tastes like coffee flavored ice cream, or at least how I think it would taste. <laughs> Like, yeah, I like a cappuccino as well. And I'm not a big coffee person. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was funny. Um, then we have this whole back and forth of her being, uh, pretending to be Larissa. I'm trying to get this package. Uh, and she ends up, she's, she ends up leaving the store because this woman says that, uh, she slept with my husband who's so Larissa did. Um, and so she leaves the store with this like a thousand dollar dress on. (laughs) And she looks adorable, by the way. Yeah. And then they get the package and it ends up being an Andy Warhol wig. And so then they have to figure out how they can get the wig to Andy Warhol. And they find this like secret club. Uh, <laughs> that mess. was fun too, when she tries to identify herself as Larissa to the guy at the club. And he's like, I know her biblically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. I know what you mean. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you've got Andy Warhol's wig. <laughs> Why did you say so? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that, that wig looked pretty cheap to be Andy I Warhol's know. wig. I, don't think. <laughs> what? I think he had nicer uh, wigs. For sure. I thought it was really <laughs> um, telling of Carrie and her growing maturity level that they invite her into the club. And she's like, I've had enough excitement for one night. Let's just mm-hmm. get this done. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. And then they have, so Walt goes to lunch with Bennett. They, uh, they're talking, uh, and he kind of explains his story and how he became comfortable being gay. And, uh, and then we have Carrie talking to, uh, to Walt and he, she says, if being gay is who you are, then it must be good because you are good. And whatever happens, I love you. And I'm here for you. And if only everybody could have that experience, you know, of the first person that you basically, he like, didn't actually come out to her, but he basically did. Uh, he didn't say those words, but for him to hear that from anybody, I think, uh, is very fortunate for 1984. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that now Walt, you know, between Donna and Carrie, he's been able to feel, have a space where he feels a little bit safe. And same with Bennett. Like he's slowly building a community of people who get him and are there to support him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was a lovely scene. Maybe the best scene of the show. I think so far that scene between the two of them was really sweet. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I, I grew up in a very conservative religion and everything like that. And so I, I, I had an evolution on these topics over the years and, uh, but it wasn't until a friend of mine 
Oh, well, I mean, my sister's gay. So that was obviously a turning point, but also, um, oh, and a friend of mine was coming out to his parents and, and because they knew I was religious, like he asked me for like advice <laughs> on, on what he should do, what he should say. And, and I, you know, I just felt like, am I the last person to, to give advice? And I, I just wanted him to be loved and accepted so badly. And I, and it was a real turning point for me where I realized like, I need to be that person. If I want, I need to be that person that is loving and kind that I want for my friend. I, and, and so that was kind of the turning point where I was like, I'm going to be an ally from this point forward. Rachel, that's so. really beautiful. Like that evolution that you had and how, cause I think a lot of people don't open up their hearts to that you know, if they're raised a certain way. And when your when your sister came out, were your parents, how did your parents feel about it? My parents did pretty good. I mean, for, I'm sure she might, you know, say, oh, it wasn't ideal, which, and I'm sure they said things that weren't perfect, but I think they did pretty good for, uh, for not only just, uh, it being a, for her coming out, but also just like, huge changes in her life and her being with, you know, having a partner and all that stuff. That's a lot for your, you know, young daughter to absorb, you know, to absorb that about. So it's more than just being gay, but like having a relationship and, you know, just all the different stuff that all happened at the same time. Uh, and I think they did a pretty good job of absorbing it and being accepting and, and, uh, yeah, I'm again, probably not ideal, not perfect, but I think they did okay. <laughs> but no one, and that's okay because no one's going to be perfect. And like a lot of um being in relationships with people is like about how you prepare them. And yeah, so it's not, it's just that they're open-hearted and they love her, you know? Yeah, and I think it helped that she was in England at the time. Uh, and so I think that actually that little bit of space actually helped, mm-hmm. you know, kind of everybody to have time to breathe and and uh, it was it, it, it compared to if it had been like an in-person, I don't know. I think that was actually good. Yeah. Some but, distance uh, that everyone can process it at their own time and pace. Mm-hmm. And she lives here now and everything's, everything's great. So it, it, it all worked out and, uh, and yeah, we all have our kind of journeys. I think a lot of times people feel like if they don't accept everything of their church, then they have to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, yeah. you know, that they either have to agree with everything or they have to abandon it all. And that, that is actually not what, what God would want. I mean, if anything, like Jesus in the Bible, he was, he was somebody who challenged the rules oh, of yeah. the established church of the time, you know, things like healing on the Sabbath and doing things like that. So he was, would be the first one to say, okay, like question, uh, what you believe and it's okay to believe something different than your faith. You don't have to give up your faith just because you have, you know, one view that's different. Um, and I mean, I think that's what faith is about not understanding everything and still having faith. So, yeah. And I love that you say that too, about Jesus, because like he fiercely loved people, even people that were outcasts. Oh I yeah. Mean, especially people that were outcasts. That Most were- of his, his followers were publicans and sinners. And, um, someone like Mary Magdalene, 
that other they were going to stone her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he says, he, he without sin cast the first stone. Uh, and, uh, so I, 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 I understand why people do feel a need to leave a faith, uh, for whatever reason that you need to do it. But I also think it's not necessarily just because you don't agree with everything. You don't need to give up your faith. Like there's uh, both paths can be valid in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that talking about it too, and having open discussions where, you know, that aren't where you can disagree with people, but it doesn't necessarily need to get heated or like attacks. Like, I think that that's, what's really important too, to create a space where it's okay to have dialogue like that. Yeah. And I always, every week at church, I wear my, uh, my ally pin. I have a rainbow heart pin just cause I want people to know that like, if they're struggling, there's one person in this congregation they can talk to. So I think that that's important to, to be an ally, be a safe space where people can talk uh, and, you know, question and uh, know that they're not going to be judged. And also Rachel, by doing that, like no matter whether or not even anyone comes up to you or says something like just the act of doing that, some people will see that and feel comforted and feel safe. And like, that's, that's just so I commend you for doing that because that's an incredible way to show where you stand and, and how you, with your big heart, you're able to love people. And it's a great, there's a great, uh, Instagram lift and love, uh, that, that the whole purpose is creating a dialogue between, uh, in a safe space for LGBTQ LDS, um, Latter-day Saint, uh, oh. people. And, uh, and so it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's, I I've just been, it's interesting because for so long I kept everything kind of separate, but then once I, once I decided to be an ally, you realize how many other people are also in that same space with you. Yes. Yes. You know, you think it's like this, 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 I don't know, they, they trick you into believing that there's this, uh, it's one way or the other one way or the highway. And then you realize that there's, I don't know way more, uh, middle ground <laughs> and that's okay. It, it's called lift and love, lift and love. Yeah. On Instagram. So it's a, then, and there's other resources too, uh, that if people are interested, I can, I can tell you more, but I just thought that this, uh, this scene was just so well-written, so sweet. Um, so endearing. Yeah. And it's nice to see this show really tackle some, topics that can be challenging like sexual identity and grief and Mm. you know even you know with Sebastian like not having a safe space with his family and and Maggie and her socioeconomic situation like there's so much stuff in this show that it has so much more depth than sex in the city yeah (laughs) it's like sex in the city is amazing don't get me wrong and it's a it's a cultural mainstay and it's iconic, but this show is really, really great. Yeah. I mean, it's, we we definitely have our issues with the show, but, uh, I think overall, especially it being 42 minutes, I think it helps it to give more time to like deal with some of these weighty topics. Yeah. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies merch store. 
Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. The, the yeah, I definitely think if you and I were consulting, we'd be like, let's stop with the relationships with kids <laughs> and adults. Yeah. That's the biggie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's hard to compare because sex in the city is, you know, 22 minute comedy. Yeah. Or exactly. it, it, that's, it, it had, it had a few more heartfelt moments like with, uh, Samantha's cancer and, and a yeah. few things like that. But for the most part, it was, it's a silly fun show. Whereas this is trying to be a more of a drama. Which is interesting how what we were talking about that it might've been hard for them to find their audience because it is literally a different genre of show and different audience for the show. Yeah. You do feel kind of like, who was this made for? Yeah. What was it? Cause it wasn't really made for fans of sex in the city, but then are teenagers interested? Uh, Clearly not because it only lasted two seasons, but uh, I'm surprised that like I said, uh, that Austin Butler wasn't a more of a breakout from this show. Yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah, there's, I would think that teen girls would have posters of his, like he would be a heartthrob. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) He's, he's just, and he also is just so likable. Like, even though Mm -hmm. he like is like oozing charm and good looks, he's so likable. Yeah. 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 So there we go. I think this was a really good episode. I'm actually going to give this a 10 because of that. I thought that scene, it wasn't a coming out scene verbatim, but it was, I, I love you no matter what scene. I thought that was like perfect. Yeah. And I have to say, Rachel, it's almost, it's almost even more powerful for me than a coming out scene because like I very often, I think that it can be like this coming out scene of like, you have to feel like you need to say it and say it in a certain way. And it has to mm-hmm. be like, I am, this is my identity but it was a lot more gentle and nuanced than that and really quite beautiful. So yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. Well, very good. Well, let us know what you think about these two episodes. If you're listening, we'd love to hear your thoughts and you can watch uh, the Carrie Diaries on the CW app for free. If you're looking for a place to stream it. Yeah. Cause it was on HBO max and they got rid of it. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, I guess you can watch it on CW app, but, (laughs) but uh, Jack's work. We will find you. Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, follow the homeworkies podcast, homeworkies pod and homeworkies podcast, all of our social media and city girls pod on Twitter. We'd love to have you there. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings, ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. And so check that out. You can get City Girls Pod merch if you want there. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.